Welcome to Epiphany Brooklyn's podcast. I am Brandon Watts, lead pastor here at Epiph. Thanks so much for tuning in. Our desire is to join Jesus in his mission to redeem our city. May God bless you as you listen and consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Grace and peace. Hey, what's up, Epiphany? Uh, Good morning to you. Psalm 118 says, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I don't know about you, but I am so grateful and glad that God has given us another day. Another day to represent him well, another day to get it right. Whatever we messed up yesterday, today we can actually do it better. And of course, another chance to bring him glory and honor through our life. Uh, why, why don't you just celebrate wherever you are? I don't care if you're in your bed. It doesn't matter if you're in the car, on the train. I don't know if you got reception if you're on the train, uh, but wherever you are, you ought to lift your hands and thank God for life for another day, especially in the season that we're in. I, I've learned to really appreciate each day that the Lord gives us. Uh, Well, like every single week, it is my responsibility to unpack the word, and I I do so with complete humility. It is Deuteronomy 8.3 that says, man can't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And today, I think there is a word that is found in the Old Testament. Go to 2 Kings chapter 7. Grab your Bibles wherever you are. Go to 2 Kings chapter 7. Uh, I, I don't know who I'm kidding. You, you guys are millennials and Gen Zers, so grab your phone and click over to Second Kings chapter uh, seven. Uh, once again, we are meeting in a very unconventional way. Um, we, we've been meeting this way since uh, since middle of March. We've been meeting virtually, and I don't know about y'all, but I have such mixed emotions on Sunday morning. Uh, a piece of me is is just so overwhelmed and so excited to be able to gather with the body of Christ, even if we have to do so virtually. Uh, but then there there's another piece of me that that feels a weight of missing you guys. In fact, several times this week, three times this week, I saw three different members uh, in the street. I was jogging and saw somebody. I was getting off the train and saw somebody. And I was walking in the street and saw one of our members, and my heart was so overjoyed to see you guys. I deeply miss you guys, and uh, I, I just want to speak right to uh, some of us that have what, what they're calling virtual fatigue. Uh, I get it, man. So many people are, are fatigued right now with always being online because you got to be online for work. You got to be online uh, for, for, for graduations now and for birthday parties and Zoom calls and even funerals we have to do online right now. And so getting you to be back on here for another Sunday for a service, I understand how it can bring some virtual fatigue, uh, but hang in there. I'm praying for you guys. I really believe that there is not a season in life that the believer should check out from the body, but every season uh, is an opportunity for us to plug in, serve Jesus and and serve his body in some capacity. And uh, right now we just have to do it in a virtual way, but nevertheless, stay strong, stay encouraged, uh, stay connected to the Lord. Uh, speaking of connected, we we have some things coming up. I, I really can't talk about them right now, but stay tuned. Uh, over the next several months, we're trying to figure out some ways to make sure that we connect uh, in a more intimate way, in a a, a very uh, uh, safe way. So we'll, we'll do so outside while we still got a little bit of good weather. Uh, but just just stay tuned. We'll we'll make sure that you get that information. All right, let's get to it. We're in Second Kings seven. 
was talking to some of the crew this morning, such, such a familiar yet unfamiliar passage. It's, it's like, it's just one of those passages that you've heard, that you, you might have heard in passing. If you have any type of background in scripture, you, you might have heard it in passing, but you, you don't know the nuts and bolts of it, and you don't know how it's connected to the rest of the context. So we're going to go through it today. Don't check out on your boy. Pick me up in verse 3. We're in 2 Kings 7, verse 3. Here it is. Now, there were four men who were lepers at the entrance to the gate. And they said to one another, underline this, why are we sitting here until we die? If we say, let us enter into the city, the famine is in the city and we shall die there. If we say, let's sit here, we'll die also. So now come. Let us go over to the camp of the Syrians. If they spare our lives, we shall live. Watch this. If they kill us, we shall die. So they arose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. But when they got to the edge of the camp of the Syrians, behold, there was no one there. For the Lord had made all of the army of the Syrians hear the sound of chariots and horses and the sound of a great army. So that they said to one another, behold, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the uh, of the Egyptians uh, to come against us. So they fled in the twilight and abandoned their tents, their horses, their donkeys, leaving the camp as it was. They fled for their lives. Verse 8, and when these lepers came to the edge of the camp, they went into the tent and ate and drank, and they carried off silver and gold and clothing and went and hid them. And then they came back and entered into another tent and carried off things from it and went and hid them. Then they said to one another, we are not doing right. This is the day of good news. If we are silent and wait until the morning light, punishment will overtake us. Now, therefore, come, let us go tell the king's household. So they came and called to the gatekeepers of the city and told them, we came to the camp of the Syrians and behold, there was no one to be seen or heard. There, nothing but horses tied and donkeys tied in the tents and the tents as they were. Last verse, verse 11. Then the gatekeeper called out and it was told within the king's household. I want to simply preach today from the topic entitled, I refuse to sit here. Let, Let me say that again. I refuse to just sit here. Let's pray to the Lord before we, uh, before we dig in. Father, we are desperately in need of you. You, you. you literally meet us week after week. And Lord, I pray that this week would be no different. Lord, it, I would be in vain if I set up here without your spirit. And so, Father, would, would you allow your spirit to move through the airwaves and wherever people are, wherever people are watching this from, whether it's a laptop or a cell phone or iPad, whether they're in their house on the train or in a park in Brooklyn, Lord, I pray that you would speak directly to them. Your Holy Spirit is so dope and so powerful that you can be here and be with them at the same time. So Father, I, I pray that your Holy Spirit will enlighten the, the, the eyes of our hearts today, as Ephesians 1.18 says. It's in Christ's name we give all glory. Amen. I refuse to just sit here. In his book, The Art of War, it is a guy by the name of Sun Tzu. He, he was a Chinese general that began to write 
all of these war strategies that were used to win wars down through the centuries. Some of the more notable war strategies that he decided to write about, what was one of the strategies was called trench raiding. Trench raiding is when you send out a small unit, a, a, a small group that goes at nighttime and they go and they pick off different parts of the enemy's camp. But then he also talks about another strategy called the base of fire strategy. You might have seen this strategy before. It is when you send a group of your men, your army, your soldiers in and you cover them with fire. You cover them by either shooting while your guys start to make more and more ground on getting toward the enemy. That is called the base of fire strategy. You, you might know the strategy called ambush. It is where you send all of your military might and all of your force, you send it all at one time to overtake your enemy. But one of the strategies that by far I think is the, one of the most effective strategies, but also one of the most biblical strategies is a strategy called laying siege. Laying siege, it, it can only happen when a nation is surrounded by walls. And so once the nation is surrounded by walls, here, here's the strategy. You send your entire army, but you don't bust down the wall. You don't go over the wall. You don't fire anything inside the wall. You take your entire army and you surround them around the wall. Stay with me. When you surround them around the wall, you have laid siege on that nation. Watch this. Nothing can go in and nothing can come out. Now, here's what happens when nothing goes in and nothing comes out. When nothing is going in, that means no supplies is going in. And if no supplies is going in, that means that the economy on the inside of the walls will collapse and cause your enemy to surrender themselves because there is no food that is going on the inside of the camp. And that is very interesting to me. You, you know why that's interesting? And I'll let you work this out on November 3rd. The reason I'll let you work that out on, on November 3rd is because there is something very foolish about a nation having walls surrounded around them, but I won't deal with that. Let, let me tell you what's happening in this text. Just to give you context, Syria right now is under siege. There is an entire army that is surrounded around their walls. And because some uh, army is surrounded around them, there is nothing that is getting on the inside. Right now, Samaria is in a desperate situation. But right now, inside of the walls, they are in the worst predicament possible that you could be in because an entire enemy is surrounded around them. And they, here, here's what's so dope about laying siege that once you lay siege, you don't actually have to fight anybody you just wait it out you just wait until they either surrender or wait until they die off because they starving to death on the inside of the wall you just wait them out you don't have to lose any men in battle and that is exactly what Syria has done to Samaria they have laid siege and if you go back to chapter 6 I got to give you context don't check out on me don't don't please don't check out on me on this if you go back to chapter 6 you, you'll understand that right now as Samaria is under siege, you'll, you'll understand that the economy on the inside is horrible. The things are out of control. Let me tell you one of the things that's happening. One of the things that's happening inside the walls is there's inflation. But what do you mean inflation? They, they are literally eating stuff that they would have never eaten, eaten for prices they would have never paid for. In fact, verse 25 will say that they are charging, watch this, 80 shekels of silver for a donkey's head. And they are charging uh, five shekels for dove's dung, dove's poop, 
pigeon poop is what they are charging in order to eat because they are under siege. Whenever you see a, a nation under siege and resources are limited, you can hike up the prices. You, you can charge major, you can charge crazy prices for stuff that people wouldn't eat. It's almost like when we first got into this pandemic. Y'all remember when they was charging $100 for a 16-ounce hand sanitizer? That, that's called, uh, that, that is what you call inflation. That is when you are charging for stuff that you would never charge if you weren't limited on the resources. But things get worse. Don't check out. Things get worse in chapter six. In chapter six, not only are they charging prices that they would have never charged, but one day the Bible says that the king is walking around the wall and this lady comes to him and asks him for help. And here's what her request was. I need your help because me and another lady inside the wall, me and another lady had made an agreement that we would eat each other's children, that, that we would consume. This is chapter six, that we would consume, that we would become cannibals. And so I boiled my child. We ate my child. And on the next day we were supposed to boil her child, but she ran and she hid her child and the king was so enraged he ripped his clothes he ran to the house of the prophet Elijah because he knew that God had put them in this situation and he wanted to kill Elijah but Elijah instead of killing him when he got to the house he got a word from Elijah and the word that he got was this time tomorrow the famine will be over like, don't miss this. Not only that, but he tells them where the famine will be over at. If you stand with me in context purposes, in verse one now of chapter seven, he says, tomorrow about this time, a sea of flour will be sold for a shekel. Now remember, donkey's heads were being sold for 80 shekels. Here you now have flour being sold for a shekel. That's a reasonable price. Barley is now being sold at the gate for a shekel. At the gate is where the famine will stop. Now, you got to understand something so important that faith is important right now because there's a man that is with the king and he, he looks and he says, this is not so. In fact, if God opens up the windows of heaven, there is no way this would be able to take place. But Elijah looks at him, and says it will take place and you'll see it. But because you lack faith, you won't be able to participate. You won't be able to eat of any of its fruit. And that brings us to our passage today. While Samaria is under siege, they get a promise from the prophet that God is going to turn the situation around in 24 hours. And what, that's one of the things I love about God. Whenever God looks to turn something around, it don't, it don't take him long to do it. Don't, don't you get it twisted. When God turns something around, it does not take, he can, do, he can change a famine into a feast in 24 hours. And I don't know who's piped on that. I need to say that to you. I don't know, I don't know who, who you are, but maybe you need to hear me say that God doesn't need to go through a board to change your situation. God doesn't need to pass anything through, through Congress in order to change your situation. God doesn't need to ask for permission in order to change your situation. If he can change a famine like that, he can actually change your situation like that. 24 hours, prophet says, look, this time tomorrow, we gonna be straight. That this time tomorrow, we won't be in this predicament. This time tomorrow, we will not be eating uh, dove's poop. We will not be eating the donkey's head, but we'll be able to eat flour 
and barley and we'll get it at a reasonable price. In other words, the famine will be over. Now, here's the question. How, how does he do the miracle? Where, where does he do the miracle? And, hey, I know it's going to happen at the gate, but what's happening at the gate? I'm glad you asked now in our text today. Verse number three says, and we're in chapter seven. Now there were four men who were lepers at the entrance of the gate. At the gate, don't forget that they're there. And they said to one another, why are we sitting here until we die? Let us, uh, let us enter into the city. Let us enter into the city or the famine is there. We'll die there. Let us sit here. We'll die here. Let us go over to the camp of the Syrians, our enemy. They may spare our lives, but if they don't, we will die. At the gate of Samaria, you have four lepers that are at this gate. And this is very interesting to me that these four lepers are there because when I understand that they are under siege, this is so interesting that the people that God decides to use when he wants to do a work in Samaria are four lepers. I don't know if you know what leprosy is, but let me take a minute to unpack leprosy. It is the most feared disease in ancient time. If you got leprosy, it was incurable, it was deadly, it was hopeless. Your body would look like you literally crawled out of the grave. You, grave, you were alive, but your body was decaying. And because it was so feared, anybody with leprosy was banished. In, in, in a normal world, anybody that had the disease of leprosy, you would ostracize them. You, you, would, you would cast them out. You would put them away. But because they're under siege, they can't cast them. But so far, so while they're in the city, they say, go to the gate. Get, get, get out of our way, which is so interesting because even in the midst of a famine, we're all in this predicament together. And they still found somebody to dehumanize. Even in the midst of a hardship, they still found somebody that they could look down on. Like we inside the gate boiling babies and we looking down on somebody that has leprosy. We got to be careful how we treat people. We got to be careful even in the midst of this pandemic looking down on others because you never know who you are looking down. It is interesting to me that even though they are in a hardship, they found somebody that they could look down on. That's so dysfunctional on so many levels. But here's what I love about God. Ooh, when you get to verse number three, you see that God doesn't look down on them. God actually uses them to change the situation in Samaria. Now, don't, don't, don't miss what's happening. Inside, they are, are, are under siege and they are boiling babies and eating pigeon poop. But at the edge of the gate, there are three or four men that are lepers that are there and God decides to use them and it is so like God. Let, let me say it over here. That is so like God. Whenever God works, he often uses People that are the most unlikely candidate to accomplish great things. I don't know about you, but I'm exhibit A that God likes to use people that are undone. He'll use the person that does not have the degree. He'll use the person that does not have the money. He'll use the person that does not have the social con uh, contacts. He'll use the person that does not have the hookups and the networks. He decides to use people like you and I. And I'm so grateful that God uses people that don't got it all together. I'm so glad, glad when God decided to move this nation's situation around, he decided to use the most unlikely candidate. He used the people that were 
ostracized and dehumanized. He used them to change the situation around for everybody else on the inside of the walls. And I love that God turns it around with these four lepers. These four lepers are sitting there and they're looking at each other and they're like, guys, we got three options. Three. Here's our options. We can sit here and die. We can go back into the city where the famine is and die. I'm sure they're looking at each other going, nah, they, they boiling each other and eating each other there. We're not going back in the city. Or our third option, we can go forward and we can go to our enemy, Syria, and plead with them and maybe they'll let us live. And if they don't let us live, we'll die. These, these four men have options. Even though they're in a bad situation, they got options. Let me say that again. Even though these four men are in a bad situation, they still got options. I don't know who needs to hear that, but maybe you are in a bad situation. You should praise God if you still got a few options, though. You, you, you should praise God if you can look around and be able to still tangibly see a few things that can give you some hope that you can actually do. Let, let me explain something to you. Somebody that is homeless isn't homeless because they don't have money. They're homeless because they ran out of options. It is different. Shoot, I, there's been plenty of times where I didn't have money and the lights was off and you ever been in that season where you had to eat ketchup sandwiches? See, the reason you weren't homeless in that season is because you had options. The person that is homeless does not have options. These uh, men right now, these four lepers, even though they're in the worst situation imaginable, they still got options. And you, you ought to praise God that you got some options. I know this pandemic feels like it's taking you out. I know it feels like you tired. You feel like you press pause on life and you're tired of the situation being around you. But if you got breath in your body, there is a God on the throne and you got options. We going to be all right. You ought to praise God for the fact that you got options. They're looking around at each other. Like, Fat fellas, what are we going to do? We, we can't just sit here. If we just sit here, we will die okay let's go back no we can't go back because if we go back into the city we will die so the only plausible option that we have is to move forward the only plausible option we have is to get up and start walking straight ahead to the enemy's camp now remember King Benadad and his entire army has surrounded the walls. But watch what happens when these men in faith start walking ahead. Bible says here in verse number five, so they arose at twilight and went to the camp of the, of Syria, of the Syrians. And when they came to the edge of the camp of the Syrians, behold, there was no one there. For the Lord had made an army, the army of the Syrians hear a sound of chariots and horses so great, uh, a sound so like a, like a great army, so that they said to one another, Behold, the king of Israel has hired the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians uh, against us. So they fled at the twilight and abandoned their tents and their horses and their donkeys, leaving the camp as it was, and they fled for their lives. God caused such a great sound that the enemies that were around the wall thought that the king on the inside hired the Egyptian army to come get them. So they said, I'm out of here. And they all ran and they left their stuff. And here's what's so crazy. If you read the rest of the passage, there is no army. 
don't, don't check out here. If you read the rest of the passage, ain't nobody coming to get the Syrians. But they are worried that there is an army coming and all they heard was a sound. Here's what's so dope. The only people walking towards them is four lepers. That the only people that are making their way toward the enemy is four sick men, not an Egyptian army. But only God is able to make the footsteps of four sick men sound like an Egyptian army. Only God is able to make the walking in faith of these four men toward the enemy sound like the Hittites were coming in to take place. Here's what I think happened. Here's what I'm using my sanctified imagination. I think while they were sitting at the gate and they were talking possibilities and talking options and exercising faith, I think God, the God in heaven said, wait, 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 be quiet. I, I hear somebody down on the earth that sounds like they talk in that faith talk. I hear somebody down on the earth. I've been waiting for somebody to actually exercise faith. And I think the God of heaven said they better not get up and start walking because if they get up and start walking, now they walking in faith. I got to go down there and actually walk with them. And I think what happened was once these men got up and they started walking and they said, we can't sit here and die. We can't go back, but let's just go forward and see just maybe by faith, maybe our enemies will accept us as they started walking. God caused the sound. He caused the sound that confused the enemy. And here's why I say I just can't sit here. Here's why you can't just sit there. Again, I know it feels like COVID-19 has pressed pause on everything. I get it. But why are we going to sit here and die? How about we start walking? Because when we start walking and when we start exercising faith, when, when we start working out our faith, what you start to see happen is God will start to pave the way. Don't you let this pandemic stop you. Don't you let this pandemic make you give up on your dreams. Don't you let this pandemic make you stop thinking and being creative. Don't you let it make you lose focus. Don't you let this pandemic cause you to go backwards. Why sit here and die when we can move forward in faith? And maybe, just maybe God will be with us. Keep pressing in faith. Keep moving in faith. Keep going in faith. Let me say it this way. Keep exercising faith. One of the the tech guys is here, Mike, him and I was talking this morning and uh, I I told him, he look, I said, man, you look great, man. You look like you like you happy and healthy. And he said, yeah, you know, I'm trying to get this quarantine weight off. And when he said quarantine, quarantine weight, it it, it triggered something in my mind. I said, quarantine weight. What what is that? Quarantine weight is the weight that you've gained over the last several months uh, due to either bad eating habits or or lack of exercise. But can I present to you another term that I love for you to type in the chat room for me? Not quarantine weight, but some of us have quarantine faith. What do I mean by that? Your faith is out of shape. Your faith is a little flabby. Your faith is a little overweight. Here's what faith needs, what needs to happen with faith. Faith always has to be exercised. Faith always has to be worked out. Oh, I got to put some Bible right here. James chapter two, verse 17 says, faith without works is dead. Faith always has to be accompanied with work. You can't just dream of faith, but you got to exercise faith. And unfortunately, many of us have left our faith on the couch eating Doritos and Doc's cake. We left our faith on the couch and as a consequence, our faith is out of shape. But somebody today needs to get up and do uh, faith sit-ups. 
We need to do faith burpees. We, we need to do faith leg lifts because our faith is quarantined. We've gained a little quarantine weight in our faith. And here's what I want to encourage you to do this week is get up, stop sitting there, stop going backwards. Listen, that relationship in the past, that ain't for you. That, that, that job in the past that God told you to move on from, that ain't for you. Stop looking back. There's a reason why the front windshield is bigger than the rear view mirror because you are supposed to go forward in faith, not backwards. These four lepers say, look, fellas, we got three options. Bro, bro, we, we, we can sit here and we can die. That ain't gonna happen. We, we can go back into the city where they eating each other. That ain't gonna happen. We can move forward in faith. Your best days, I feel like a charismatic preacher today. Your best days are in front of you, not behind you. Stop looking backwards when God wants you to keep moving. These four lepers start to walk and when they get to the enemy's camp, the enemy's not there. But guess what's there? Food, horses, donkeys, silver, gold. I have no clue why they bought silver and gold to a fight, but silver and gold, all of their treasure is sitting in the tents. And these guys were so scared because God sent a sound that caused them to leave and four sick lepers are walking around each house and grabbing stuff, eating, enjoying. And then they said, we got to go tell the king we can't sit here and enjoy this by ourselves. It only happened because they moved forward. I love the song by Israel. Israel Holton sings a song. It says, not going back, I'm moving ahead. I'm here to declare to you, my past behind me is over in you. All things are made new. I surrendered my life to Christ. I'm moving, I'm moving forward. Do you know that we serve a God of movement? We do not serve a stagnant God. We do not serve a God that just sits in one place. We do not serve a God that always goes in reverse, but we serve a God of movement. Like consider with me the creation story. When God created everything, the, the, the Bible tells me that he created the solar system. And once he created the solar system, he said, now move. And all the planets started moving around the sun. A God of movement. We do not serve a God that sits still, but a God that always moves forward. And I don't know who I'm talking to, but you need to move forward this week. You need to get up, stop complaining, stop looking around, stop saying, whoa, it's me. No, I'm going to get up like these four lepers and I'm going to start walking because it is in my forward movement that God will accelerate the journey. Yo, real talk. I have Rob coming in. Come on, come on and hang out with me, Rob. Rob, as you come in, man, listen, I had a flight one time and I had a connection in Hartsville, Atlanta Airport. You ever been there? Yep. I had a connection in Atlanta Airport. And it is so interesting that when I got there, I, literally, I felt like I had 12 minutes to get to the next gate. And, and what made it worse was it felt like I was at gate A and I had to go to gate Z. I had 12 minutes to get there. But, but check this out. It's so good to have Rob here. I just want to talk to somebody. And, and, and so, and Josh is here too. Y'all get Josh on camera. And, and so as I'm running to my gate, I get off the, the flight and I'm running to my gate. I'm, I'm running like the girl from, from Lovecraft Country. I'm, I'm sprinting and I'm moving and I'm saying, I'm going to get to this gate. And halfway through, I got tired and I said, you know what? I'm not going to make that. I'm not going to make that flight. 
There's two things that happened when I got tired. I immediately said, I'm just going to catch another flight. And I started looking for Papados because Papados just does something to my spirit. And as I'm, as I'm giving up hope of moving forward, I see something rob ahead of me. And what I saw ahead of me, I, what I can't, the only way I can explain it is God's grace. When I looked ahead of me, I saw something that was consistent with Ephesians 3.20 that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think. You know what I saw? A moving escalator. You ever seen the movie Escalator? I I saw a moving escalator. And what that said to me was, man, there's still a chance that I can make my flight because if I get on the moving escalator, I'll accelerate and go faster than I would if I was running by myself. And I think what happens in this passage is when these men got up and started to walk toward the enemy camp, I think God got off his throne and started walking with them. Well, why do I say that? Because... The footsteps of four men, you can't hear that, but the footsteps, see, God walks heavy. The footsteps of God sounds like an Egyptian army. And I don't know who it is that's ready to give up. You're like me in Atlanta International Airport. Well, you are ready to give up because you don't think moving forward is worth it. I'm just here to tell you to jump on the escalated elevator, the escalator, jump on that thing because you'll move 10 times faster with God than you would by yourself. I invited Rob here because there's a song that I think fits so well. There there are so many of you right now that are piped on and listen, you're feeling stuck. You're you're dibbling and dabbling in yesteryears or you're just complacent in the season that you're in. And I just want to encourage your faith today and say, get up and move forward. There's so much more ahead of us. I know life feels like you, you kind of just are in a cycle of do nothing, but you don't have to be. So much more future ahead of us. I know, you know, we don't know what tomorrow brings. We don't know what next month brings. We definitely don't know what the end of 2020 brings. If it's anything like the beginning and middle of 2020, we don't know what it will bring. But here's what I know, that I serve a faithful and consistent God. That when I operate my faith, when I exercise my faith, and when I move forward, God honors that. And so listen, man, you usually we just end here, but I want to worship. I want to worship a God of movement. I want to worship a God that causes me to continue to press forward. If that's you, would you just do me a favor, wherever you are, just stop for a second and let us worship a God that is about movement. Just sit here and die. Let's move forward. I'm moving. 
that just need, needs to start to take a step of faith? Yeah. Who, who is it that's piped on that it's been far too long where you kind of just been sitting around, but what you need is you, you need to call somebody and say, listen, I heard this message today that told me I just, I got to get up and exercise my faith because my faith has been quarantined. Get some accountability around the movement of going forward. Because sometimes I found out that it's a lot, it's, it's almost like working out. So quarantine weight happens when you don't have accountability around you saying, you're not going, and we've been, we've been running together before. Sometimes you just need that call that, that, hey, you come in today? What you doing? You need the same thing with your faith. You need somebody to say, how have you been exercising your faith? What have you been doing today? How have you been moving forward? Are you stagnant? Are you still? Anything still starts to get molded after a while. How, how, are, you not, how are you not moving forward? What, are you, what can I do to help you to move forward? And whoever that is today, listen, you piped on. You think you piped on because... You just stumbled upon Epiphany's live stream, but the reality is God wanted you on today so that you can hear this word that you got to move forward. Listen, as we're ending our service today, I'm serious when I talk about virtual fatigue. I get it, man. I'm tired. Listen, I'm tired of preaching to cameras. I want to see some people in the room. I get it. I understand it. But don't allow this season to zap your spiritual life. You need to stay connected, not just to the local body, but you need to stay connected to God. And oftentimes that connection happens through the local body. Why don't you see, receive this benediction? It says, now unto him who is able to do far more abundantly that we can, all we can ask or think according to the power that works within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ." Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. I love you guys. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Hope to see y'all soon. Grace and peace.